Hello and welcome back to another episode of Women Talk Tech. Today I'm joined by Suzanne, Group CIO of Seva Logistics. Suzanne and I chatted all about her journey into tech as a woman from a non-tech background, to then working at Microsoft, to then her consulting career at the likes of Accenture and Deloitte. As Group CIO now, Suzanne openly shares all of the incredible things her company are doing surrounding various DEI topics, as well as her thoughts on what we can do to encourage more women to embark on a career in tech and not shy away from it, especially at leadership level. I hope you enjoy this conversation. So Suzanne, thanks so much for joining me. I'm so, so excited for this conversation. Um, yeah, tell me a bit more about yourself. So my name is Suzanne Schusten. I am uh, Danish, but four months ago, I relocated to France and I uh, took on a new position. I am the global CIO of Siva Logistics and uh, moved here uh, and is being joined by my family actually tomorrow. Oh, love that. So you did the move by yourself when your family are now joining you later. Absolutely. Yeah. Not my children. They're grown. So they moved <laughs> away from home. But spouse and dogs are coming tomorrow. Oh, amazing. You must be super excited, right? It must be really weird being here by yourself. It it was weird, but, you know, it also is a freedom to really dive into a new role and don't have to talk to anybody about anything <laughs> and you can just work and, and get acquainted with because uh, it's a lot of new things when you yeah. move into a place and you get a new job and, and everything at once. Yeah, totally, totally. And before we kind of dive into it in the whole podcast, but maybe if you could just maybe describe on your side, what does DNI mean to you? And why do you think it's important, especially in the tech space? So diversity is something that I've been uh, thinking about for, for many years, because I've worked for very large organizations, and most of them actually had policies on this. Uh, in the beginning, I was maybe a little apprehensive because I think a lot of people think, oh, diversity is about uh, promoting women or men and women, etc. But I think I actually learned very early on that diversity uh, is really about uh, having people from very different backgrounds, uh, having lived different lives, and that brings different perspective. Uh, I think especially uh, some of the tech organizations were very quick to realize that that actually uh, made the organization stronger when we actively were uh, pursuing diversity because yeah. the world is diverse, the market is diverse, the workforce is diverse. And when you had that as a starting point, you were simply stronger. Yeah, totally. I think we, you know, we tend to underestimate how much diversity does have an impact on so much. And it's so much more than just hiring more women, right? Uh, it's It covers so much more and it does offer so much more perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. And let's kind of go into your journey into tech. Um, describe your journey. I know that it's not the most tra traditional, so to speak. Um, yeah, how, how did you kind of get into tech? So I think I was always a little fascinated with technology, but when I grew up, uh, computer, it wasn't even computers. It was very, very early, I don't know, tech kind of toys. It was not something that you would uh, buy for a girl. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was curious, I think, but it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal until I reached university and I was studying uh, human science and I was about to get a degree in communication. And, uh, and at one point, um, I was, uh, I, I discovered, uh, along with another student, I discovered that this university had 
a room full of computers, but they were not for, for us. They were for students of natural science. Uh, but we, we, we went in there, we started using them. I was halfway through the term uh, doing a paper and halfway through the term, we actually got kicked out of that computer room uh, because now the people who were actually going to work there, they, they, they took over. And uh, so I had, um, and that was back in the day when, when everything was on floppy disks. So I had a floppy disk with my with a half written paper and uh, so I actually went out uh, and bought a computer and finished my paper and uh, I, I could I could barely afford the computer so when we next year were uh, everybody was moving to actually having hard disks in your computer I went out I bought a hard disk for my computer I couldn't afford to have anybody install it and that was probably the first time I, I just took the computer apart and and installed the hard disk and it was i have to say it was a lot easier back then but i just think that this kick-started a love affair with uh with technology and also gave me a sense of look you know if you can open it you can fix it and and then you can do it yeah wow 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 and how did you kind of how did you find your journey as a woman with a non-tech background because you know i think those two aspects are very tricky right not only are you a minority being in in a male-dominated space but you're also a minority um in a space where everyone does normally go to university and study this so how did you find that aspect of being a woman in tech my early part of my career, I was uh, I was first a management consulting uh, management consultant, and then I moved into to to big tech consultancy, uh, working uh, with the technology competencies and working with the with the uh, process optimization people. But I was actually at that point in change management. But when we did major projects, we did work in concert. So I was working together with the very, very technical people and yeah. coding, et cetera. I think I was very aware that I could not code, but just being exposed to it every day, I was, I was exposed to the thinking of coding. And since I couldn't do that, uh, I could participate with something else. So having that different perspective, I think it gave me a focus on what should the technology do for us? Yeah. And, and that and I had I had time to fully immerse myself in that because I didn't also have to build the systems. So that was that was probably the the way into really being part of these major, major technology transformations, but always for me with a focus on why are we doing it? What is it that we're gonna be able to do as an organization once we have this technology? Yeah, wow. And you mentioned you, you got into consulting. Uh, how was that? How did you find that experience? Because I honestly, I speak of so many people, they either love it or they hate it. So how was your experience in the consulting world? So I actually liked working in consultancy. Uh, I was, uh, this was, this was before I started a family. Uh, it was, it was hard work. It was a lot of work. It was long hours, uh, but it was really, really interesting. Um, and, uh, and I think that you were able to feel that you were part of a team who actually made a difference. That part I liked very, very much. I started uh, in consultancy as a senior consultant. I'd had uh, previous experience before. Um, and then I became a manager and then I was approaching senior manager. And at that point you are on partner track if you're in consultancy, which means that it is, it's, it's up or out. So yeah. <laughs> 
happened. After some years, um, I was sort of, I was looking ahead and I was thinking, okay, where are the role models here? Uh, and obviously the partners were role models. At that point, I probably started thinking a little more about um, how would I see myself long-term in consultancy? And I was getting some doubts. Um, I saw that all the partners, maybe except for very, very, very few exceptions, but most of the partners were men. All of them had stay at home wives or spouses. And, um, and it wasn't my, my life situation at that point. And I was starting maybe yeah. to find it a little difficult seeing myself in, in that, in that world. And ultimately I, I left, uh, I left consultancy and uh, went to the financial sector um, because I, I, I knew I, I wanted to start a family and um, I just I just could not see how that could be done. Yeah, yeah. And would you say that was uh, kind of how the world of consultancy works? Um, or do you find that, has that, do you think that's now changed? Because I think a lot of women, I think in, in many companies feel the same, but I can definitely see it in consultancy because I know that there does come a lot of travel with that, a lot of hours, uh, a lot of time and effort. And then trying to think about how you can build a family on top of that does become a tricky thing. Do you think it's changed now or is it still the same? It's definitely changed. I, I have no doubt it's changed. Uh, I've been a mentor for young female um, talents in the tech world for the past couple of years, and some of them are from consultancy. So I know it's changed. Uh, and I, I think, I mean, you should make no mistake. It, it is a lot of work, uh, but um, to, to, to pursue a career. Uh, and if you really want to have um, to to have a leadership position, it's not something you do in thirty hours a week or, or whatever. But I think the big the big difference today is the um, the flexibility. Yeah, so, uh, and it, it it's different. I'm I'm in an international environment today, and and have been for many years. It's it's obviously not the same everywhere, but I think that we're seeing more flexibility than I saw as a young consultant in, in the start 90s and yeah. <laughs> approaching the 2000s, yeah. Yeah, totally. And of course, you know, you've worked at the likes of Microsoft, Accenture, Deloitte, EY, you know, some really, really amazing names there. Um, do you think your your experience was somewhat fast-tracked by being at the likes of these companies? Of course, you know, let's be honest, it may not be the typical experience for many other women in tech, right? And of course, amazing that you've even had that experience at these companies. How did you find that? And do you think that kind of gave you a bit of an advantage now in your career working at the likes of Microsoft? I think, first of all, I think it suited me to be in those environments for a lot of reasons. I really wanted to make a difference. I really wanted to, to do, you know, big changes that really had an impact. But I also really, really enjoyed being on the forefront of technology throughout so many years. I, I tend to get quite excited. Um, I do come at it, I mean, this excitement is really about what can this do for me and what will I be able to do? It's, uh, you know, but I, I can get really, really excited. I love gadgets and, and I like that. And in consultancy, you do these future videos where you imagine what would the world look like in five years and 10 years. And those were, those were some of the most exciting things you could show me. Cause I was like, I want that. And I want it now. <laughs> so I was really, uh, really enjoying that. Um, and, and having that, uh, and I'm not talking about a few years, I'm talking about many, many years of being exposed to all the time, really the, the forward thinking of, of what technology can do for people, for organizations, for society. 
I think that has definitely given me an edge when I, because I've been accelerating between consultancy and then on the inside of organizations yeah. and being an entrepreneur myself. So I've, I've been going back and forth throughout my, my, my more than 30 year uh, career. And uh, there is a fast pace and there is a, uh, a, a such a strong focus on the technology companies on new technology. And then you meet the real world and, and real organizations don't move as fast, but you can bring that mindset to it and, and really um, have that uh, innovation perspective. I think that has definitely helped me, yes. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I think and that's the one thing I love about tech as well, right? It's like the future world. Uh, it's like, what will the world be like in five, 10 years? And you're working on that now. And it's incredible, you know, when I think like, where were we five years ago, you know? And now, um, like, you know, how much has tech really impacted the lives we're living? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but something is different today than it was before. Now we're, we're looking at artificial intelligence. My initial uh, reaction was being really excited about it. But there's also an element that requires you to think about what will this do for society? It's just, it's getting more pervasive now. Uh, for me, it's more interesting, but it's also getting more complex. Um, it's, it's, it's very, it's a, it's a far, it's a far step from only being focused on how do you code this to really, um, to really pushing yourself to think about not what just can it do for an organization, but what can, what can these tools do for, for, for society really? Oh my, I couldn't agree more. I actually went through the airport recently and, um, it was really, they had no people there for a start. There was just machines. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I of course did it on accident but the way it worked is that you kind of scanned your passport I scanned my face and I didn't need to use my passport ever again in the airport because it just picked up my face and it recognized my passport from when I scanned it before and even that aspect of AI is quite scary because not only are there no people regulating the actual machine which we're using now my face is somewhat on a database everywhere because I feel like next time I go through an airport do I even need my passport can I just scan my face you know it's crazy how much AI is taken over not just organizations but society in general but you just make the best case for why we need diversity and why we need uh people with you know less not traditional backgrounds in technology uh because if you were only a developer uh with sort of one experience in life you would find that only amazing that your face was now <laughs> in all the in all the, the you know stored and forever uh, because you, you would probably have a very sort of you know uh, practical uh, focus. Yeah. But if you start having a more you know human science approach to this, you might start to be aware of some of the uh misuses that this could yeah. uh, could foster or even looking at you know do we have some unconscious bias here are we able to equally recognize all kinds of faces and that whole and that's what diversity gives you that you know perspective that maybe the whole world is not exactly like you uh and we need to push it further to to really question um, yeah yeah what you you actually just described my my conversation in the airport because I said to the person I was traveling with, oh my gosh, this is so cool. 
next thing oh my gosh where's my face gone now like <laughs> it was like this is amazing this is I don't even I can put my passport on my bag I don't even need to worry about it next thing honestly the panic just sheared down my whole body I was like where has my face just gone to like how many more computers how many more databases has my my kind of data now been shared with you know you're right it's like the practical side versus the kind of human side moral compass of like is this actually the right thing to be doing with everyone's face that has now just traveled to the airport you know <laughs> And it's the trade-off that we do. When we get excited about technology, we give something uh, and then we get something. And most people think that that balances really well. I get more than I give. Uh, but uh, but it's something that we definitely are not done talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. And in terms of your role now, I know you're commonly working at Server Logistics. Uh, what is it involved? How is it? And kind of what's the transition been like for you? Um, I know that you, you've now took on a, a massive role yourself. Um, how is that and how's it going? Uh, I'm having uh, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, probably some people will be surprised that that is the first thing I say, but <laughs> uh, because it's, uh, it's tough. Uh, I am the global CIO. I have a couple of thousand people in my organization. Uh, they're spread around the world. We're going through uh, a lot of transformation, uh, both because that's what we do in our industry and also as, a, as an organization, we're growing quite a lot. Um, I was brought in because I have a long career of transformation and that's, that's, uh, that's what I am driving. Uh, but that is also what motivates me. And, and that's why I say I, I do have a lot of, it's not like, you know, fun like you have in a, in a uh, theme park fun. <laughs> Um, but it's, it is super interesting and it is rewarding because I can use so much of my skill set, and, um, I'm, I'm having some really, really skilled colleagues and, uh, people in my organization. And that makes the hard work, um, just uh, much more interesting, really. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say your role now involves? Um, of course, transformation is a big word and it covers quite a lot. Um, what does it involve? And, and, and of course, how is tech incorporated into your role now? So I'm leading the IT organization uh, and I am part of the uh, executive committee of this yeah. company, which means that I am also part of what I do is also part of leading the company and not just my uh Your, yeah my area um and we have some ambitious goals there are things that we want to achieve uh as i said we've been growing quite a lot uh and and have uh, made some acquisitions over the past couple of years uh so there is a lot of uh from a technology perspective making it one holistic whole uh, supporting the operation and making sure that all my colleagues who are the transport logistic professionals have the tools that they need. Yeah. Also having the uh, ability to support what we need to do in the market. Um, you, In my role, you need to understand what does customers need? What does our partners need? Uh, what does our own employees need on top of what does my own organization need? <laughs> Yeah. 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 So a lot of people you have to kind of keep in mind, people, companies you have to somewhat keep in mind about the changes you're looking to make and, and all of that. Yes. And yeah. coming at that with the perspective of what is it that we need to do? 
what do we need to do as a, as a company? I've worked in transport logistics on and off for the past 10 years. So, so I'm familiar with the, with the industry, uh, but I've also worked in, in lots of other industries and really pulling those different perspectives uh, together to, uh, to possibly come up with new and, and innovative uh, ways, challenging what we seem to think is what we usually do um, and bringing in that perspective of new technology. How can I help translate that? How can I, with my organization, translate it to my colleagues in the organization who knows about transport logistics? How can yeah. we translate what technology can do for them? Uh, that is uh, that 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 world where technology and business meets is yeah. hugely interesting. Wow, wow! And of course, you joined recently, so you went through the interview process at CV Logistics very recently. How did you find diversity? I'm sure it was probably quite important to you to join a company that did value diversity. Um, how did you find diversity? How did you see that it was shown in the interview process? Like, of course, it is really important to see that it's not a buzzword and it is really real in the company and it's there. How did you kind of find the interview process with diversity in mind at CV Logistics? Do you know what? Well, I think something that you tend to forget early on in your career, but I would encourage people also to think like this. It's it's not just about um, you, the company uh, finding out whether they like you and want you and want to hire you. It's, it's also on you to really figure out, is this a company that I would like to work for? And would I like to be part of this team? Uh, Maybe I did not put so much emphasis on this when I was younger, but certainly over the past many years, that's, that's also been the case for me. Um, so what I obviously did as part of the whole recruitment uh, uh, process was, uh, was looking at how, how does my organization, my current organization, how does it present itself to the world? Yeah. It was sending some, some pretty strong messages um, on, on LinkedIn and, 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 and that kind of media about uh, being a, a, a diversity-minded organization uh, on the website itself. Now, I would strongly recommend that if you are an organization who really values and works and takes diversity seriously, that you talk about it. And I would yeah. also strongly advise against saying it if it's not true, uh, because, because um, you know, candidates will look to it and i think that siva was presenting some really really interesting stories um our ceo was doing videos um and uh and i saw i saw you know messages and stories on, on linkedin it it mattered yeah and the only thing it would not have mattered enough but now that everything else clicked it really really mattered yeah yeah i i really i really really emphasize that as well because i think so many companies talk about it um, but don't actually have it anywhere in the company when you actually go internal, right? Or you see what it's like to work there. And yeah. vice versa, right? I think so many companies have it like have it everywhere embedded in their culture, but then don't even say anything about it. And I think it's such a massive selling point. You don't have to be a diverse team, but if you have diversity in mind in all you do, that's the main thing. You know, yeah. some companies may not be able to hire, you know, all of these diverse candidates just due to the kind of talent they're looking for. But if you have and work with diversity in mind, that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and you should really think about it broadly. Uh, for me, uh, yes, I am a woman in a in a male dominated industry and and also on a male dominated position. Yeah. Not that many uh, female CIOs, um, 
but I'm also a Dane uh, working with uh, within a, an executive committee uh, that is, you know, uh, a lot of, of, of French uh, background. So that's also diversity. And we are a global company. So even my own employees are scattered all over the world and having the, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the language, the culture, the gender, the everything diversity is, is super important. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think you can fix a diversity issue by just hiring diverse people. You know, that is one aspect of it. But if the culture inside does not scream diversity or does not, you know, really value it, then even when those diverse talent join, they may yeah. hate it because all of what the company is doing is not diverse. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, but there is a, but there is, it's, it's also hard. Yeah, it's not easy, this. And I think, I mean, let's be honest about it. If you if you sit in a group and you're all pretty much the same and you're from the same place and you like the same things, it's easy. Uh, you know, nobody rubs you the wrong way. Nobody says anything that surprises you in a negative way. Uh, and it's easy and you can become a little complacent. Yeah. Uh, but when you, when you, you know, design for diversity, it's getting hard because that actually means that you design for um, views that are not necessarily completely compatible all the same time. Yeah. You are inviting in different uh, perspectives, uh, which can be annoying, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so much easier when you say something and people go, okay, and they completely understand it. And and having a diverse a diverse uh, group of colleagues in a diverse workforce, you're forced to be very, very clear and to all the time take the other perspective and think about how could this be maybe misunderstood or interpreted in a different way than I intended. It keeps you on your toes, but you are also actually getting much closer to the world where your business is executed every day because they are not like you. Yeah, no, no, totally. I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's been so many times that I've been in rooms where I've been one of 10, you know, that are all the same. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I join a room that's completely different. And I'm like, this is hard. This is hard to be maybe the one person in the room that thinks a bit differently, that is looking a bit differently. And it's not easy, but it is so important to be putting yourself out there and to, I guess, invite different perspectives and opinions in you because that's how you learn the most. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting and, and it's 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 good to think about. I, I uh, when I was when I was joining Microsoft, uh, this was many years ago. I was uh, I was new. I was the only woman in a in a big team of men, and they were all very very alike. They were all engineers. They were all the same age. You know, white Caucasian engineers uh, around forty. And I joined, and I was the only female. So we were going uh, on a trip. And I volunteered to drive and nobody wanted to drive with me. And I took offense. I was like, that's because I'm a woman. And why don't you want to drive with me? And I was really upset about it. And then finally there was this guy and he, okay, he wanted to drive with me. And I actually asked him like, why did nobody want to drive with me? And he said, do you know what? They're shy because they don't know you. You knew. And yeah. they were afraid to sit in a car with you for many hours. And maybe you didn't have nothing to talk about. And that was such a sobering experience for me because I, you know, I thought they didn't want to drive with me because they didn't want a female driver. And these guys were just shy because they realized from the minute I walked in the door, you're different. What if I have nothing to talk to you about in a car for four hours? Yeah. I don't want to go there. 
yeah 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 no totally and and it is sometimes uncomfortable right to have conversations with people that you're not sure if you're going to vibe with if you're going to have anything in common but that's where you learn the most that's where you really grow and that's kind of where diversity really really does take off (laughs) and looking forward you know of course you've had an amazing career in tech and I would love for so many other women to have the exact same experience what do you think the issue is and how do you think we can encourage more women to get into tech so so yeah um I don't know I mean it it Tech, I think what's important to understand is that you can do tech from different vantage points. But first of all, we do need a lot of female in natural sciences, anything from mathematics to physics to whatever. I think that's important. But if you really feel that that is not, that is not who you are, you still have a pretty big role to play in tech. Uh, I'm, I'm really wanna, I really want to highlight that Technology is more than coding. Technology is also um, designing what technology should do. Uh, it's about the processes that technology should enable. It's about uh, you know the the impact it has on people. So you can come at tech from from many different backgrounds. I think that's first of all important. So so women can start seeing themselves um, with a background that that uh, that makes sense to them. That they can still have a role to play, and and really uh, the same thing with 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 the leadership. Um, uh, I'm not saying there is no such thing as a glass ceiling because there is definitely no doubt about it. Um, but there's also a little bit of um, I would say uh, a thinking of uh, this might not be for me without really challenging that that notion in yourself. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of females are, are maybe holding themselves back a little bit from leadership because they think it's a lot of work. And I uh, have to be honest, I have seen a lot of uh, women work very, very, very hard in positions where they were maybe not having the formal power to influence a lot of things, but they did a lot of work. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, why would you not want to get ahead? So, yes, you will still do a lot of work. But you will, you know, the more you move up the, the hierarchy, the more you will be able to influence things and and don't shy away from, from power because power is the ability to influence things. Why yeah. would you not want to do that? I find that difficult to, to understand. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing the podcast, right? Because I think having having your voice heard and really just shining a, a light on why tech is cool to be in is, is, is what we should be doing more of, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And what would be the one piece of advice you would give to either your younger self or other women looking to get into tech? If you could maybe say one thing to them now and, and you, you actually say, why did no one tell me this before? What would that be? The, I, I love this question. And I think what I would have liked for somebody to say to me uh, when I was younger is, look, you just go ahead. And what do I mean about that? I, I think that when opportunity presents itself, I think we are sometimes, it, it goes for a lot of people, but it maybe female, women are, are a little more prone to this. We, we see an opportunity and we think, Oh, I might not be able to do everything and I might not excel at this from the very first day. And I wish that somebody would have said to me, you know what, that's okay, you just go ahead. 
um, you just throw yourself at this and you have resources. And when you're really being pushed, you find resources you didn't even know you had. So don't worry about whether you already know that because you will find out and, you know, have that, have trust that. Yeah, because you may not know any, you may not know anything. You may find out you know more than what you actually thought, and and almost shutting yourself off before you even give yourself that chance is is what really holds people back. Yes, and you will be uncomfortable. But the thing is, if you don't have a, a, a an amount of feeling uncomfortable, what's the what's the alternative? It's being completely comfortable all the time, which is actually not even standing still. That's going backwards because yeah. the whole world is moving ahead. And, and you, you have to endure a little bit on, of uncomfortable uh, feeling, but that's when you grow and that's when you get really, really proud of yourself. Wow. No, honestly, I think that's an amazing place to end. And, and honestly, I can't thank you enough for joining me on this conversation because I think I'm walking away learning so much about people's journeys and about the tech world more. So thanks again, Suzanne. Really, really appreciate your time and thanks for sharing your insights and experience. Thank you so much for having me. 